Oh, to be beloved actor and musical impresario Jared Leto, just emerging from a cocoon of self-care in the desert, only to be greeted by a deadly worldwide pandemic. What I wouldn't trade to be isolated by circumstance or celebrity, to simply not be hyper-attuned to a slow-moving death machine that has been months in the making. It prompts the question, when exactly did Jared go into this retreat? Because by my calculations, if it started in November, it's not important. You know what? That's not what I should be focusing on. (laughs) My Reiki teacher, Loris Dunwoody, has been keen on my clearing out the negative energy that I hold on to and not letting outrage get the better of me. The first time she told me that, I said, Good luck! Are you blind? And I ripped up the waiting room copy of USA Today in front of her. But I know what she means. And even though we're all locked inside, she's still offering $70 Reiki sessions via Zoom. If we can read energy via Zoom and teach classes by Zoom and have meetings by Zoom, why are we actually doing any of the things we normally do? I feel a little bit like those two zoo penguins they let out of their cages to see the prison they're really living in. Is all this a fantasy? A fabrication that isn't about us swimming freely at all, but in fact a method by which we are being held captive in a system that is actively profiting from our actions while not treating us as individuals, and as it turns out could be altered at any time? My mind chakra just split into a thousand pieces. Also, my iPhone screen time is up 300%. There's nothing like a pandemic to lay bare all the empty promises of a society built on money over compassion. But Dale, what about the yuck yucks? I know, it's still a comedy podcast, and we're doing our best to find a teeny, teeny, tiny light in the darkness. And while we're looking for things, if anyone could help me find my Apple TV remote. Because why is that thing so small? I'm now living on my couch, and I've lost that thing no less than 15 times. I'm going to get one of those springy bracelet things and start wearing it around my wrist as I pretend to do an online yoga course. Cover your faces. It's time for another journey into the deep night. It's me, Dale Seaver, and you're you, and let's not forget that. We're all human in this time of great uncertainty, and while we can't touch each other or even be in the same room together, and if this thing really is transmitted via aerosol, well, <laughs> goodbye people altogether. Now, that's a bleaker future than, than I had uh, when I started this podcast 11 years ago. Back then, it was all, hey, Dale, you got a good voice. You should do a podcast. Why not, I said. I could talk about my life, maybe interview some people. It's a fun way to try to build an audience. And now all we have are podcasts, and in a few weeks, no people. You know what the end of the world sounds like? It's just every podcast episode played all at once at full volume to empty streets. Like those folks in Italy singing to their neighbors during lockdown, except infinitely sadder. That's what the death horn of humanity will be. Hundreds of garbled ads for Stamps.com. Oh, I haven't seen sunlight in four days. 
Now, I assume if you're listening to this that you're either sitting in your car crying because homeschooling didn't work out exactly as you thought it would, or preparing to go on Instagram Live. Goddess bless you, young people, and your relentless drive to entertain. Now, don't get me wrong, I truly admire what you're doing. I had parents who gave me an appropriate amount of attention, so I don't feel the need to do it, but I'm in awe of it. I encourage people staying silly and loose and making dumb jokes and broadcasting comedy shows from their surprisingly spare living rooms. I mean, sure, that strange spirit and that that, that drive is important. I don't think people should have been doing open mics in basements for the past month when we should have been on full lockdown already. But sure, humor is vital, and I encourage it. Do some laugh yoga. Tickle your kundalinis. Apparently, self-pleasure can stave off infection, which sounds made up and probably is, but it feels good, so we're going to go with it. And apologies if I give in to my darker tendencies, but that's the way I process my virus stress. I try to hold all those dark thoughts so you don't have to, and then I tweet about it, and then I delete it. Now, if anyone lives through this, it will be wonderful to attend a thoughtful screening series in 20 years at the new museum of MoMA PS1 featuring art and comedy in the time of COVID-19. And uh, look, I truly hope we get a shot or a pill or better masks or whatever sooner rather than later and that we can save some lives. But given how badly the federal response has been, I'm not exactly hopeful and I try not to get into politics directly. But are you kidding me with this guy? We're no better off now than an Atlantic City casino. (laughs) But I can't imagine being in that future comedy retrospective and having smart curators show us that they can pinpoint the moment that online comedy of this era turned from self-facing characters, here's me doing a funny cooking show with my cat, to the darker clips, the part where it's clear everyone has taken to broadcasting their runs to the cemetery to do a little grave unboxing. Hi, it's me, Ashley, and we're taking a peek inside this coffin to see what valuables might be in there. Now, the coffin in this scenario is just a jumbo cardboard box with the Amazon logo. I know. I know. But this is Dark Dale. This is the Dale you get in a pandemic. If you've guessed that I've been reading up on Spanish influenza outbreaks and the horrors of surgical procedures in the 1800s, you'd be right. (laughs) And while I agree that maybe this isn't the right thing to be reading at this particular moment, I do like knowing that we as a society have made it through plagues before. By the by, how are the locusts doing that we're eating all of Africa? (laughs) Maybe I should just read the Bible for a little light fiction. Speaking of reading, it's so important to do a little escape while we're in our boxes If we can figure out how to do it, we'll be doing some remote podcasts, calling people up, talking about them, just like we used to, but, you know, not in person. So uh, the first one that's coming up, uh, uh, if you want to go and grab a copy of uh, Lana Schwartz's new book, it's called Build Your Own Romantic Comedy. And look, everything's shut down. You're going to have to build your own everything at this point. And, and you can. You can do that. Uh, but but f- the first step is to order this book, because uh, she's going to be on, and then order it if they're still sending out things, and then uh, we can all read along together next week. we got to do something. It'll be something. We'll see. We're in uncharted territories. Speaking of which, I almost forgot. We come to you tonight from one of the safest, most non-threatening places on Earth at the moment, the foul banks of the Gowanus. I'd recommend dropping COVID-19 in the Gowanus and seeing what happens. (laughs) Maybe it would split apart. You'd either find a cure or you'd make a super virus with the capacity for speech and independent thought. Worth the risk? I don't know. 
I'm trying to do something to help out other than eat all the CBD oil straight from the can. Did you know that you could cook eggs with that stuff? Turns out you shouldn't, but after three quarantinis, I get a little experimental in the kitchen. So how are you getting by with all this, dear listener? If this were an interactive format, I could see you. But that would mean you could see me too, and I would have to get out of my sweatpants, which I have been wearing for the past week and a half. I'm not even a sweat-clothing kind of fella. I usually look down upon that sort of thing and would never do it in public, but there are no rules in quarantine land. This is me unvarnished, unwashed. You're getting the straight skinny. Totally 100% Bear-Dale. I've also been crafting. Do you know that if you collect and smush up enough baby bell wax wrappers, you can make a handsome series of candle clumps? Put a little string in there, soak it in rum, and wowie, you got a little mood lighting for the end of the world. A little something to distract you during challenging conversations with your wife or spouse after being indoors with them for six days straight, and she's still not letting you forget that you threw out all the extra ketchup packets and duck sauces she had kept for the past ten years in the silverware drawer. They really would have come in handy, you are forced to admit tearfully, over a plate of yesterday's pasta. But they tell us that we should be able to get through this, especially if you were a latchkey kid. I was a latchkey kid. Now, I'm not sure if people know what this is. If you're a younger person, uh, this may be a foreign term to you. But see, when your parents worked two jobs, but school ended at 2.30, you would take the bus home, fish the front door key out uh, from inside your sweater. It was usually on a lanyard of some kind. And then you were home alone with action figures, TV reruns, cartoons, uh, maybe a VHS player, the hi-fi system, if you remembered how to work it and weren't too afraid to scratch your father's records, and the kitchen. Now, were there guidelines as to what you should and should not eat? Sure. But was there anyone there to enforce it? No. So here's one of my favorite latchkey kid recipes from my youth. Feel free to make it as you while away the hours all alone. And if you do, by all means, send me a picture uh, with the hashtag latchkey recipe. So this is a recipe that I, I drank a lot of. It's for green milk. Step one, fill a Burger King Star Wars glass with cold, fresh milk from the fridge. Careful, it's full and unpredictable. If you spill it, it's fine, just leave it. Step two, go into the corner cabinet with the baking supplies. Now, don't sniff the spices. Remember when you sniffed the ginger container and you ended up crying ginger tears and choking back dust? Well, don't do that again. In the back is an old plastic bottle of cupcake decoration. Now, there may be a few options, but you want the green sugar crystals. Step three, shake those sugar crystals into that milk. Keep going. Think it's enough? Continue. Now stir. The milk should start to turn green. And oh, will it be sweet! Now take it to the other room with a sleeve of Fig Newtons and try to make it through an episode of Gilligan's Island or I Dream of Genie before the power hour of Transformers G.I. Joe comes on. If your parents come home, it's fine to acknowledge them, but try not to move from your spot in the recliner until Buck Rogers wraps up just before 6.30 and it's time to eat or do homework or some other nonsense that is way less important. Where 
Now, I have some other gifts that are going to help me get through this. For one thing, I'm a Libra. So all those times you thought that I was being extravagant, paying extra for a leather chair when I could barely afford bread, for all those times you thought, wallpaper, really? There are cheaper coffee makers, Dale. You don't need another essential oils diffuser, Dale. Well, guess who's happy now? Me and the people who are with me. Libras got it covered. We nest, and we nest hard. I feel for you, living as or paired with a Sagittarian or Aquarian. So much up in the air, so much flitting about. Oh, your passion is wonderful, but one of us has an apartment they can't really afford with a dishwasher and a washer-dryer combo, and the other is watching clothes pile up on the floor or never unpacked from a suitcase, and at some point those folks are going to have to try not to touch anything at a laundromat. <laughs> Now, look, I don't mean to be petty to the other signs, but we need a victory here. And the Libras clearly win this round. It doesn't mean that we won't still get the virus. It'll come for all of us, but we'll be comfy until the end. Do you know what happened to me the other day? The phone rang. It was a neighbor, and while it was a wrong number, she meant to call Dale Dormer, a fellow that runs a knife-sharpening kiosk in the warmer months, but it was so nice to talk to someone that we ended up just chatting away about everything for an hour or so. I mean, that's still something we can do. Call each other. Reach out. It was so surprising. Text, even. But it's especially nice to hear someone's voice and honestly to not see them. Call me old-fashioned, but I like not looking at people. I also got a letter the other day. Now, here's the concern in the time of COVID-19. When I get a letter, it means I have to leave my apartment, which I'd rather just not do for a few years or however long this takes to all clear out. So if I get a letter, I have to go get it, which means I have to put on my gloves, mask, hat, boots, and then come back in and take everything off and burn it. Then I have to take the letter itself and wash it, then wash my hands, and disinfect the floor in case I stepped in any virus on the way to the mailbox. It's a lot for a note that says, thinking of you. So let's circle back to mail in just a little bit. So everyone's losing their jobs and I'm here making jokes. I told you, it feels bad. I've been doing what I can to donate to folks in need, to help the service workers. The gig economy is great until there's no gigs. And actually, I'm not sure it's so great now that I said that. If we don't use this whole mess as an opportunity to rebuild from the ground up, well, well, we probably won't. But I can entertain a little dream in the deep night, can't I? And here's my message to the folks out there who had to cancel gigs. We had to cancel our shows as well, by the way. There were many of them that were happening at the Slipper Room elsewhere. But you know what? I paid all the performers. In one case, I paid them and donated to a cause they were passionate about. So if you had someone on the schedule and they were promised a little scratch, even if they don't rely on that, sometimes just a gesture. It's the right thing to do if you're able, if you're able to pay them. Now, presumably, it was in your budget. And uh, times are desperate right now. And I love projects. 
I love the way people are being so creative about looking for uh, income, uh, looking for any little uh, bit of scratch. For instance, Eileen Hanley said she'd write a song for you if you sent her some parameters. Joanne Schinderly said she'd sew up something from her current Midwestern quarantine location. Now, I'm not saying everybody needs a project in order to get support. Far from it. There's some very good resources that we've been posting to our social media accounts with various ways to help people in the creative sector, especially those who were, say, working at UCB and laid off or doing comedy for drink tickets and working in restaurants to make rent. The enormity of what we're facing as a community and indeed a society is vast and unknowable at this time. And maybe 20 bucks Venmoed to a stranger doesn't feel like much. But I can assure you, it means something. It means that the social fabric can still be mended. There is a sense that people can still support one another. Now, no one is out there alone. No one's out there, period. We're all in, and we're in it together. Just six feet apart. Here's some other thoughts on this. If you know who, uh, someone who struggles with dependency, uh, mental health, depression, so whether they're an extrovert, an introvert, even if there's uh, someone who you think has it all together, send them a note. Let them know you're thinking of them. Because we're all dealing with this at different levels in different ways. If you can find a, a path to be productive, well, God has blessed you. I can't. I can barely wash my face without thinking that uh, while things are stable here in my little bubble and those zoo penguins are cute and yes, I'm glad the canals in Venice are full of swans and fish, but this is a global tragedy and a national tragedy from which it will take years to ever fully recover. See, I told you, I can go back and forth between everything's fine to utter despair and that's just in the course of this podcast. You can imagine what the rest of my days are like. Now, it's also true that many kids are going to have their little dreams of normal life altered. Plays, graduations, fifth-grade trips, proms, first kisses, and so much more are going to be delayed or just scrapped entirely. I can only say that here in the Seaver House, where Kid Pepsi was slated to play the coveted role of Mayor Munchkin in the Wizard of Oz school musical, I'm actually a little excited not to be surrounded by the Munchkin song for the rest of the year. But if this thing really does extend and extend and extend through the end of the school year, which it likely will and possibly beyond, uh, uh, it means a lot of homeschooling is falling on old Uncle Dale. Katrina and Pepsi have come to stay with us and over an abundance of caution. We just said, keep your bags here. We're, go <laughs> We're happy to have you. We have all the food and our crystals are fully charged. But I was not counting on teaching fractions. And then fractions to decimals? Are you kidding me? Sadly, Pepsi also seems resistant to my learning methods, which, uh, given that I was being taught in the 1980s by people who probably graduated in the 1960s, some of those methods are literally old school. For instance, I tried to teach her that a Kennedy half-dollar is the same as two-fourths or a half, or that just like in the Orson Welles classic War of the Worlds, you can't trust everything you hear on the radio. And she sort of winces and looks at me funny. And when I offer some soothing words from Shel Silverstein's Where the Sidewalk Ends, well, let's just say that I have many more gray hairs now than I did when we started distance learning. Also, I might not be that smart. Here's the thing. We're all going to have to face up to some difficult truths like that. Maybe crystals weren't the wisest investment. Sure, I still rub my hands on the rocks every morning and then roll them all over my face. And uh, I'm a little worried that crystals are what got us into this mess. 
we all started buying them up, and then whammo, we all got this virus. Of course, it could be some kind of rare animal-to-food-to-human deal, but mm, what if it's not? The air is cleaner above China and Italy. Animals are returning. Wild hogs roam the streets. If the earth can recover that quickly, maybe this has been the earth's motive all along. We must at least consider that this perfect system is ruthless in its own survival instinct. Something ancient and powerful and deep is occurring. The very system that supports life may be in need of a cleansing. I know I've said it before on this show, and it offers little comfort to anyone listening, and thanks for your emails on the subject, by the way, but I'm sticking to it. And I look forward to people documenting this strange time to try to understand it. I mostly look forward to getting to the other side of this and sharing stories about our experiences and then never thinking about it ever again. I hope that we take things seriously, though, when it comes to our fragility as a species and as a global community. This should unify us like never before. But I fear that our lesser instincts will again win out. But I hope, and I hope, that this foul administration be held accountable for what they have done in this instance and in so many other areas. It's simply inhumane and, as it turns out, deadly to function from a place of so little empathy and to govern with cruelty. Oh, I have strong feelings on the matter, but I dare to hope that we may yet emerge as a more enlightened, caring people. But I also know that some people are still fighting over toilet paper, and I've seen way too many people texting while using the urinals at LaGuardia. So maybe we are doomed. Maybe Earth is right to Thanos snap half of us away. But please, while we can, let us consider each other. Be kind to one another. Be kind to yourselves. And as you go about your days, inside, all day, every day, with the people you once loved, people you said, I can spend eternity with you. <laughs> Little did you know that <laughs> you would be tested so directly. Think not about what this day or week holds, but what we're going to do in nine months, twelve months. What are we doing to move things forward after this and beyond? There will be a lot of frightening statistics and figures. There will be reasons to be scared, and yes, there will be loved ones to mourn. But if we can, for once, at long last, think slightly long-term and have some plans for ourselves, well, we can't help but be better off. Like the Boy Scouts always say when I ask them for a balance bar or a cup of cocoa when I knock on their tents in the dead of winter looking for food, be prepared. Prepare yourselves for whatever comes next. Build a plan and work back from there. And look, I'm just a humble essential oils peddler with a 403B that's in a race with my head of hair to see who can lose the most the quickest. But I can say this. If you're not satisfied with the way things are going, let's commit to changing it. Now, on the very first episode of this season, I sat down with Nashville singer-songwriter Mercy Bell. It was such a great conversation, and uh, we stayed in touch. Mercy worked at a restaurant right next to where the tornadoes hit in Nashville. And I gather she had very close friends and loved ones whose homes were just destroyed, flattened by the thing. And just as they were emerging from that disaster, in comes COVID-19 and the virus. Now, Mercy was set to debut at the South by Southwest Festival in Austin, like so many whose careers could be helped and, and given a little boost by appearing at that event. Uh, all of a sudden, it, it didn't happen. It was canceled. And now the restaurants and the bars are shutting down. 
Now, she's not alone in what she's going through, and I hope she doesn't mind me using her as an example. But my heart aches for so many performers out there who are having to move home, uproot, change course uh, from their dreams, are feeling unmoored in this time. If you can, seek out independent artists, buy some merch, buy their albums, uh, comedians, musicians, filmmakers, writers, whatever you can do uh, to ensure that this virus doesn't take everything we have away. Now, I'm going to conclude by playing a bit of Mercy, singing a song that feels impossible and hopeful in this time, when we're all searching for something to hold on to. And maybe these old traditional songs can offer some solace or comfort. Thank you for listening. I wish you to be well. And know that although this night is ending, a bright new day is just ahead. Let us pause in life's pleasures And count its many tears While we all sub sorrow with a fool There's a song that Is it?